Hello, um, I'm here today with a lovely chap called Sam Weinman, and we were introduced through a mutual friend. Um, Sam is a, a journalist that writes about golf, has also written a book about the benefits of losing, and we sort of hit it off talking about mental health, as usual. So, uh, hello, Sam, and how do you feel today? Hello, Gareth. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I feel I feel fine. I guess I, we were joking before we started recording that um, I felt pretty good, and then I started to try to figure out the audio for this recording, and then I got uh, frustrated. So now I'm like five percent worse off than I was than than I was ten minutes ago. But uh, but overall, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. Um, how about yourself? Yeah, not too bad actually. I mean, winter's come in. Yeah, and I do notice um, certain changes based on you know the days getting shorter and the things that allows you to do or not mm -hmm. grow in and stuff like that. But I think this year I'm determined to try and not just hibernate. So uh, yeah. I'm conscious of it this year, and I'm consciously going to do something to maintain getting outside and all the things I know that help. Uh, it's funny you mention that because I have like a, a similar aversion of winter. Like I'd really start bracing for it and, you know, the days get shorter and it's darker and it's colder. You do less outside. And it's like, I, I make a bigger deal out of it in my head than it really is. And I'm kind of similar to you. Like I'm determined to not let it become this dominant, uh, thing to, to have to contend with all the time. So for instance, this morning I had to drop my car off. Uh, at the at the at the at the station to have it fixed, you know, have it uh, have it inspected, and my wife was going to pick me up, you know, with the other car and, and drive me home. And I was like, screw it, I'm going to walk. And it was raining out, and um, just like a small thing of just starting my day with a half an hour walk outside, and the, even if it was cold and rainy, was strangely empowering. No, I agree, and it's also for me about embracing it almost which is what you've just said mm -hmm. so i go for early warning sort of stroll anyway and yes. the thing i've been noticing this year which is uh, now right now which is the benefit really is that it's dawn so therefore you see the sunrise in mm -hmm. as opposed you know so there are all these little gems in there it's just sure. about how we think about them sure sure um, and I think probably the challenge of winter, you just have to look a little bit harder for it. Yeah. You know, you, you wake up in the summer and it's bright and it's warm and yeah. it's just very easy to kind of, um, fall into that rhythm and in winter, you kind of have to work at it a little bit more. So, and it's funny because I, especially last few weeks have been pretty troubling, you know, in the news front, uh, you know, things going on in the world and like if if on one end of the spectrum it's going for a nice walk outside the other end of the spectrum of things that are bad for you is waking up and, and picking up your phone and starting looking through the headlines and i'm guilty of doing that um and so i've kind of forced myself to be more disciplined in that area like is this going to really be helpful to me today mm -hmm. much as i want to be um aware of what's going on in the world and and, and up to date like i don't know if that's the best thing to be doing at 5 30 in the morning to start your day it's an easy easy thing to fall into isn't it especially mm -hmm. if you wake up uh, earlier than you intend mm -hmm. yeah and so that's actually like a real i don't know you know i don't know how much you get into like 
global state of uh, affairs, uh, not that we need to hear, but it's it, compartmentalizing those two. Like, how do you, how do you uh, take in everything that's happening out there and certainly be compassionate about people who are suffering and aware of what they're, they're dealing with, but also not taking it all on yourself. Like that's a real, that's a real struggle of mine. And just, just to speak personally for one second, um, you know, I'm based in the States, as you know, my son goes to college in Lewiston, Maine, which is where that shooting was. I don't know how aware you are. There was a, there was a mass shooting there last week. So literally a week ago today. Um, so that was very personal because he was literally in the same town. Fortunately, everyone was fine and safe, but, but deeply disturbing. And, and um, you're, you're contrasting his situation totally safe obviously disturbed but totally safe no no one he knew was hurt or 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 um affected directly but um so that's good you're grateful for that but you're also feeling so horribly for people who suffer you know a profound loss and like the extent that you need to not you need to but the extent that we should be taking that on is something i struggle with if that makes sense Oh, it makes total sense. Um, when I was younger, it was much harder. And mm-hmm. it took reaching a sort of crunch point to realise that you do have to look after yourself in whatever form mm-hmm. that takes before you can then absorb and take on the other stuff. Yeah. I like the idea of the um, thinking global, acting local. I know that's an old phrase, but, you know, that thing of trying to be have a positive interaction with every interaction you have. And then if those tiny little small things have ripples. You don't know what the consequences of those ripples are. hundred percent. I mean, like, well, first of all, you see the immediate um, return on that or, or, you know, you see the immediate effect of uh, kindness, generosity, compassion towards other people. Like that's something you can see. If I, if I'm, if, if, if in my heart, I'm feeling terrible for people who are suffering thousands of miles away, I do. Um, but it's hard, it's hard for that to, to, it's hard to put a mirror on that and see how that's, how that's affecting other people, if that makes sense. And, and, um, at least if I am looking out for a friend or my, my kids or my wife, um, I know that that's making an impact of sorts and yeah, it's, 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 it's really tricky. Um, you know, it's just, and it, but it's, I think the other thing that, thinking globally and acting acting locally does is it encourages some type of action. You know, if you, if you just sat here paralyzed by all the things that are wrong with the world and all the things you you really can't do to fix, um, that just creates a lot of anxiety and which I found to be kind of productive. Whereas, um, something that encourages action. And if action is calling a friend, you know, sending a, sending a text to a friend, asking how they're doing. At least that's one positive step. Yeah. I also like, um, I talk to an awful lot of strangers and it's sometimes yeah. bizarre where that leads as well. And it's just, I guess I just start trying to chat to people and mm-hmm. even the smallest things like whatever it is. I think all yeah. of those tiny little things just add up. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, uh, to be to be honest, I mean, I, I have my moments where I'm a miserable bastard and I can be ornery and frustrated. And, um, so like, I don't want to say that I'm, I'm doing this all the time, but when I, when I am in a better state of mind and I'm in a position to, to just 
be a little kinder, a little bit more patient. I feel like that goes a long way. I mean, you know, it's like, it feels like there's a lot of, um, a lot of scary things in the world and a lot of like hate out there. Uh, and so if you can smile at someone as you walk by them on the street, um, it's just a small thing to signal to that person, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help here. Uh, yeah. uh, and, uh, and, um, anyway, it, it's just like, uh, it's just something I kind of woke up with this morning of how much there is going on that feels sort of overwhelming. Um, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish as well. So I'm thinking a lot about, uh, what's happening in Israel and in, in Palestine and um, the fact that there's this, a huge rise in anti-Semitism. This is so overwhelming, this kind of idea. And I, it's hard to really wrap my head around it. So like, what can I do sitting here in, in suburban New York? And it's like not a whole lot right now other than, you know, um, you know, help, hopefully helping my people, you know, in, in my direct circle. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel so unqualified to even. Uh, there's so little I understand about everything in the world. And yeah. I remember many years ago when I moved to where I live, I felt like I was becoming an ostrich, yeah. meaning, um, you know, living in a bubble effectively, which I do. Mm-hmm. And I still don't really know what I think of that, is the truth. Well, that, uh, I, I, I think that's that's um helpful in its own way you know we need more people to acknowledge what they don't know myself included there's a lot i don't know either you know the problem is when people start uh opining or um jumping into arguments where they don't have a full grasp of it well my wife and i often talk about uh respond versus react yes Uh, i have a like i have a um my mind works uh, at times where I, I react, like I'm emotional. And so, so you have these kind of visceral, um, reactions to things and very often it's without much in the way of thought, whereas responding implies you, you're thinking about it. Okay. How do I feel about this? What do I really know? Um, I want to do a better job of responding versus reacting. And I, <laughs> you know, that's that's a, that's an area of improvement for me, for sure. I, I I've been uh, trying to cultivate that for a few years now. Yeah, and uh, it does take time, a hell of a lot of time. And I'm not saying I can do it, but I think the more you practice, the more it snaps in automatically, mm-hmm. and you start to observe yourself, and you start to think, "I'm reacting now." Yeah. And then if you can sort of just breathe for a second, sure. you can gain that little gap. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and speaking of uh, acknowledging what you don't know, like there's a lot of, <laughs> most of the research and science around the brain uh, are things I, I don't know. Uh, but the, what I have read is, um, you know, you have the kind of emotional part of your brain, the amygdala, and then you have your prefrontal cortex, which is your the part that has like uh, where you reason, where you think more logically. And even that, what you said, like take a breath, count to 10. What I've read is that that engages your prefrontal cortex. It says, hey, don't, uh, don't, like, hey, emotional side of you, step aside. Uh, the logical part of you needs to really take over here. And again, like it's such a cliche, count to 10. But 
those are steps that actually have been proven from what I've read to work in helping you um, think more logically. So that's, that's kind of a small example. Well, you, you mentioned your wife. And when we talked last time, you explained that your wife is quite yeah, a way down this road. She's, yeah, my wife is, uh, my wife's amazing. I mean, she's, um, she's a, she's an educator. She, you know, her, her, her degree is in as a guidance counselor in schools. And, and now it's kind of ventured into kind of all these areas around wellness and, and um, our brain health. I walked down this morning. Uh, she's having a cup of coffee. She's got like six books next to her. She looks like a crazy person because she's literally like reading them all at once. Um, and she's just she just has a lot of insight into and a lot of things she's she's really read and learned about about these areas. Um, and and again, like like with you and I, it's not to say she's perfect. Like she has her own things that she struggles with, but but she at least I think both of us have gotten better at when we have these kind of moments that we're not proud of, we're at least able to take step, a step back and say, okay, what is that a representative of, you know, in some form or another, it's because I'm being emotional or I'm tired or, um, and, uh, you know, there's usually a kind of a underlying explanation for it. And did you so say she, she teaches primary level middle school? She's actually starting a new position tomorrow, but not today's. Yeah. Uh, where she's working uh, in in schools like uh, kind of K through twelve, mostly high school students, you know, nine through twelve, right. yeah. um, and helping them with kind of emotional wellness and uh, and programs that will help help them, um, you know, work through a lot of the challenges that they're facing today. And her big belief, I think we might have talked about this last time, is a lot of in in the, in the U.S. at least a lot of um, mental health. Um, programs around kids in crisis. Like this kid is at a stage 10 on a scale of one to 10, then we need to intervene and, and help them. And certainly that is essential and, and needed. But her whole point is that um, there's a lot we should be doing for everyone to, to, to help, um, help hopefully avoid people reaching that stage. You know, some understanding of how we think and how we feel and, and normalizing emotions like that's a big thing she she really is um a proponent of is if we have these strong emotions especially teenagers that's actually like very human and normal we shouldn't overreact oh my god they're so emotional right now yes they're teenagers that's what teenagers do and to an extent that's what you know me at age 49 like there's just we have emotional reactions that are not necessarily indicative of some major problem but just um, so, so, so normalizing that is, is, is her, her, her big, uh, sort of belief and, uh, an initiative she's trying to really get some support behind. Is that a sort of statewide drive or is that a countrywide drive or just a schoolwide uh, drive? Neither. It's just like in our community, like this. So I mean, meaning this, this is a youth program within our, 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 our town that she's working at. And so it's not like this is like a, um, some sort of policy. No, no, but I, I will say there's way more buy-in across the board around the, around this than there was when I was growing up. Right. Like this, you know, the, the kids who went to go see a counselor or go to some program around mental health or wellness for back then, you know, those were the kids who were, those were the kids who were the real problem kids, right? And there was a stigma. 
around that. And now um, I think everyone understands how widespread a, a problem and how um, important it is to take care of that part of yourself. Um, you know, for like, I, this is a terrible example, but there's a kid, uh, I don't know if I told you this when we spoke last, there was a kid in our town uh, three years ago who took his own life. Uh, who was a high school junior at the time, I believe. Absolute tragedy, um, unimaginable. And yet he created an awareness and started conversations in houses between parents and kids uh, saying, are, are you okay? Is there anything, you know, can I, is there anything I can do to help you? That people weren't, those conversations weren't happening before. Um, and like, so again, in, in this tragedy, I do think there was one small um, positive outcome, which is it initiated conversations in, in houses that I hope are still ongoing about, you know, all these pressures you're feeling, all these things that are happening. You know, we live in this like very competitive type A community outside New York City. People worry about where their kids are going to college and, you know, the sports they're playing and how their grades are in school. And I think people still care about that stuff in this town. But like when you juxtapose that against a kid reaching such a stage of crisis where he took his own life, it's like nothing matters, nothing else matters. And so I always say like that was that was um, in a strange way, you know, something that we, we could take from that episode. There's, um, there's a chap I met um, called Matt, who's a, a Methodist. Um, I'm not sure what his title would be even, but he's a very good chap. And uh, he lives in a place in the UK where <clears throat> a young person took their own life. And he was also to do with a charity called... Um, Calm campaign against living miserably, which is a really, really good anti-suicide charity. And he set up something called Calm Town, and he took the principles from the charity and introduced them to this town. And it was all about um, feeling you could talk and having a place to go and trying to foster a sense of community and all these other things. And I don't know what the um, how it's evolved or where it's got to, but it seemed like a very good. Mm -hmm. Thing to come out of, you know, a terrible, terrible situation. Yeah, and he was doing it to hopefully create something which could form a kind of blueprint for other towns and villages to to pick up and copy. But um, I'm not quite. I'll have to have a chat to him because I'm not quite sure how far it's gone. But um, I was impressed when he explained it to me. Yeah, I mean, people like that, people like yourself, who are sort of. Um, initiating these types of conversations are, I think, invaluable. Our friend Ian, who we met through, like that's his whole career. His whole um, professional life is about that. And not just his professional life, is about fostering and, and encouraging those those types of conversations. And, um, you know, it's just increasingly more, increasingly uh, something we need. You know, it's funny because like, whatever, 20 years ago, um, having a conversation about, you know, anxiety or feeling or these kind of deep, uh, deep, um, you know, demons you have inside, that's a hard place for people to go, especially men, you know, and, you know, he's the type of person who's really made those, those conversations 
easy to have. Um, so that's it. Like that's a gift. Yeah. And I think it often comes from, um, you know, you're having a, a sort of hard experience yourself and then you don't mm-hmm. want other people to end up in the same place. So you, you, you're speaking from a point of view of you've been, you know, you felt something right. that you want to try and help other people avoid if possible, or at least, um, give voice to. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah. Right. And I think you've, you've, you've told me a little bit about, about, you know, how, how you started down this path and that's exactly it. Like you, you know, you were from what I understand in a place where it was, it was, um, very challenging. Um, and having, having been through that, you now have a greater appreciation for, for wanting to feel better. And yeah. And to look after yourself and to try and pass on some of the things you've learned because, the problem in the UK, I don't, that's probably most places, but there's very little help available. Yeah. So, um, you know, we live in a way which isn't particularly conducive to being well. And a lot of that is out of our own hands. And then when you do need help, there's very little help available. So if, yeah. you, if you do kind of figure out a way to, to help yourself, you know, you almost feel um, sort of duty bound to train. Yeah pass it on. And, and that could be as simple as just initiating conversations. You know, um, I mentioned my son in college, uh, he goes to Bates college in, in Maine. And, and that's literally the town where the shooting, these shootings were. And, you know, all the emails that came from the school, the school did a great job of, of making sure parents were aware of what was happening and looking after everyone's safety. And then, communicating um update and at the end of every email they would say by the way um for kids who need support or the counseling services are here phone numbers here emails here which was great but i often wondered like is that enough i mean and not that it's the school's responsibility to, to literally drag kids to the counselor um but i did wonder our kids our kids um literally clicking on that link for the counselor and, and following through, or do they need more, something more immediate, something more in their face that makes it easier for them to reach out. And so, you know, like calling a, calling this number of some person don't know to speak to a counselor might be intimidating, but having a friend down the hall who has made themselves made it known to them that they can come talk to them when their things are in a bad place. I feel like is so important as well. Um, yeah. And again, I, I can't even imagine it. But I mean, what's that like as a parent? I mean, I, I presume you try to initiate a conversation about it. Yeah, well, it's funny. <laughs> my my son, Charlie, um, when this all happened, well, first of all, you the first thing I heard about this shooting was him calling me saying, I'm OK. He says, I'm OK, just so you know. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I didn't even know what he was referring to at the time. So. So I was at least lucky and I never had that moment of worry about him, his safety. But then you're, of course, moving to this this uh, mode of, OK, he's OK from a physical standpoint, but how, how is he dealing with this emotionally? And I kept asking, are you OK? He's like, I'm, I'm OK, don't worry. You know, uh, and I I realized I was asking so much that it was probably annoying. And I, I, I was like, OK, I'm going to I said, uh, I'm going to stop asking you because I'm trusting that when you say you're okay, that you are. Um, 
but I'm also, and I'm not like looking to make you feel something that you're not like, maybe he, and I think he was, he was, he was uh, processing it appropriately. Like it was obviously very distressing and difficult. And he was, he was, he was acknowledging that it wasn't like he was in a, in a bubble, but he was also um, dealing with talking to his friends, supporting his friends. And I just said something like, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Um, and I'm not looking at you to feel anything else, but you know, you're also entitled to, to, to feel something different tomorrow, one way or the other. Like, you know, I think that's the other thing is that we have to give people space to feel one thing on Thursday and a different thing on Friday and, and, and not, rush to judgment. So I don't know if I handled it well or not. I just, but one thing I, in terms of my dealings with him, but I feel like the one thing that I was trying to message, encourage him was like, whatever you're feeling, it's totally okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And you, and I just want you to be honest with me. You don't have to share every, like, that's the thing. I don't, you know, he's 18 years old. He's not going to want to share every single thought with his father understood, but, but you shouldn't be protective or putting on a false front for me either. Um, and I think we did that, you know, my wife certainly did as well, you know, and, um, at some point you also have to trust that he's kind of has his own internal tools to, to process things as well. So anyway, it was still learning about how to handle it, some things like that. And that's hopefully the only time we're going to have something that dramatic happen in his experience in college. But, but certainly was a unique experience. Was that your son that you mentioned had um, come to Wales? Is that is that the same yes, son? yeah, right? He lived. He was in Wales for ten days. And actually, I think I mentioned this to you. That, um, you know, that was his first time when he went to Wales for ten days with his friend. That was his first time really away from home for any sustained period. And when he came home from then, from that, it was a fun trip. It wasn't like anything terribly distressing. Um, but that was indication to my wife and I that he was ready to go to college, like they're ready to be away from, right. from school, from home. Uh, because, you know, he had little pockets of adversity. His luggage didn't show up for the entire time. He had to go to, you know, buy a bunch of clothes, like little things like that. Um, and he was able to manage. And, you know, it's like I've used a phrase recently about like kind of the, your internal gauge of like things that you just kind of know how to do right and wrong on your own. You're not really relying on people. I feel like that strengthened his own internal gauge. Um, I don't feel like I've contributed much to this conversation. So. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize that I've, no, I mean, I, I, you asked me how I was feeling and I just went, I'm sorry. Um, no, and it's not that it's just, just, just that we, you know, told you I live in the middle of nowhere in a very safe place. And, um, like I say, I have very limited experience of any of this stuff. Um, but anyway, thank you for being so open and yeah. um, honest and, we come into a close now of our chat and it seems a bit odd to ask you this in light of everything we've discussed, but is there anything you'd, you'd like to leave anybody with that you think might be helpful? Um, honesty is kindness. That's a phrase I've been using increasingly. And so if you're like, uh, people are struggling with something or, or um, I think being honest about that is, is um, it's good for you for sure, but it's actually good for the people in your circle as well. Doesn't, and again, it doesn't mean you have to dump all of your emotions on people. Like there's a, there's still a, there's still a, a way to do it where um, it's okay to, it's okay to, to 
uh, be open about, you know, where you might be struggling. If that helps people kind of understand what you need that day. Again, I'm, I'm not a professional. I mean, I'm sure there's people who are smarter than I am who can tell you like how to handle situations like that. But I've been pretty, I've been working more about just, um, you know, just trying to be good to people and understand that people are, are, you know, everyone's got things they're struggling with. Um, and, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, trying to be compassionate when you can be. Yeah. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, I really like, I, I just can't tell you how much I enjoyed our, our, both of our conversations now, uh, just cause I feel like it's such an important, um, an important, uh, contribution that you're making by having conversations with people like this. Oh, thanks, Sam. Well, we'll uh, keep in touch. And, For sure. Uh, I'll say goodbye. Okay. Cheers. Bye. Take care.